The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is Monday. Six minutes past the top of the hour, March 21st. Swain Event app is free for you on Android Apple devices. Download it, interact with the show. Give us a call right there from your app. 865-255-03 is the Iris Network's hotline. Hour number one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center studio. Sports are bad. The end. All right, everybody have a good day. Time to get up out of here, Ben. We've said our message for today. Unless there's something you want to add. I don't have much to add. (laughs) Sports are terrible. Golly, who invented sports? You're the worst. You're the worst, sports. Oh man, what a tough, what a tough weekend. What a tough weekend. March Madness is, in fact, mad. It's really mad. One seeds dropped. Multiple two seeds dropped. Three seeds <sighs> dropped. Crazy, crazy, crazy March Madness. It gets crazier every single year. This one hurts. This one hurts for Tennessee fans. I was sitting around the house thinking about which one hurts more between this exit to Michigan or the exit against Purdue 2018-19 season. And I don't know which one hurts more than the other. They both hurt. They really do. See Kennedy Chandler balling. Leaving the court and have, having to be consoled by Juwan Howard. It's tough. But I tell you, Ben, um, you know, seeing the the photo of Kenny Chandler and Chris Weber from Tom Tekoyak basketball SID over there. It made me feel a little bit better. It it did. They saw a young star. They saw King. When you know, you know. And um, it was cool to see Chris Webber pour into him. Chris Webber, also a young phenom that took college basketball by storm as a freshman only to experience some heartbreak. Chris Webber knows exactly what Kenny Chandler's going through and I'm sure spoke to his future, what he can do if he continues to work hard and use that as fuel to motivate himself to continue to get better and go out there and and kill. Ben, good to have you back home, man. It's good to be back. The more I travel and the more I see new places, the more... I am thankful to live in Knoxville and East Tennessee. 
nothing like East Tennessee. So it is good to be back. Wish I was coming back with a win, but is what it is. Thought it was pretty simple as to why Tennessee lost. A, you 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 didn't make shots that you've made the past month and a half, two months. You you just could not buy a bucket the last. 10 minutes of the game. Zakai Ziegler misses two wide-open corner threes that he hit all season long in late-game situations. Not only did he hit them, but he hit them in late-game situations time and time and time and time again. Mm-hmm. And it just it didn't go down. It, it didn't. And Zakai's second one was halfway down and didn't go in. Uh, Josiah Jordan-James, who has been in Fuego, for so many weeks now, he was 0 for 6, I believe, from 3. Uh, Santiago Vescovi, the SEC's best three-point shooter. Somebody who had just finished 5 for 6 or 4 for 6, something crazy. 6 for 8. 6 for 8 against 75%. Longwood. Yes, he, he was terrific against Longwood. I mean, he, he goes 1 for 5. And you, you Kennedy Chandler missed a, a 3 or 2. You, you missed shots on good looks that you had been making for the last several weeks, nearly the last two months. And I, I thought that was the, the biggest reason Tennessee lost. And uh, also for the first time in quite some time, Tennessee's lack of a post player reared its ugly head. I, I thought those, those were pretty much the reasons Tennessee lost. Lack of a post player, first time it really, really caught up to them in quite some time, and uh, just you didn't make shots that you'd been making the last two months, and and they were good looks. <laughs> yep. the, the offense was getting looks, and the shots just weren't falling, wh- which makes it even more frustrating that Tennessee lost because you just it just did not go your way. Yeah, but I wish it was. You can you can point you know, pinpoint effort. You can pinpoint. Execution in terms of guys not running the right plays and not being in the right place at the right time. You know, basketball is a game where you can do everything right and still not be good enough. You can shoot the perfect shot. If you don't believe me, go look at a guy shoot free throws and it's the perfect form and the ball just hits every part of the rim and just doesn't go down. That happens. And, um, I thought, I think you hit the nail right on the head, Ben. Two for 18 from three. I think Michigan did a great job of of caboosing um, Vescovy for most of the game. And then when he got a look, the ball just rimmed out. It was, it was a perfect shot. The stroke was beautiful. The ball just hit every part of the rim and just did not go in. Um, the last time Tennessee got to the tournament with a lot of potential was 18-19. And, you know, Tennessee shot, what, 50 60% from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. It wasn't free throws. I mean, you can argue that you could have got to the rim a lot more. But it was 10 for, 10 for 12. And 80-something percent. Even with getting to the rim, which Kennedy was doing at will, that was a professional performance from Kennedy Chandler. He was absolutely 
amazing. And as I have talked about for the last several months, his draft stock is just, I don't know about skyrocketing, but it's really, really trending upwards. And I think he made himself quite a bit of money the last two weeks in the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. But uh, Musa Diabate was a problem mm-hmm. on the interior when when Tennessee was driving at times, uh, aside from Kennedy's success. And then even over the last eight to ten minutes, he, he was a problem for Kennedy as well. And Hunter Dickinson, his size was a problem on the interior. So he I, was a problem, period. Yes, he was. I, I'm not I'm not going to I mean it was just a, a poor performance and I, I think the majority of Vol Nation a good chunk of Vol Nation understands that uh Rick Barnes himself did not choke the game away like some national media members want to write columns about. Or, or some fans want to just completely blame Rick Barnes and, and not provide any context. I'm I'm not going to sit here and blame Rick Barnes for the loss. I mean, he ultimately gets the blame because he's the head coach. But uh, to act like Rick Barnes choked that game away, I'm I'm not going to sit up here and, and do that. So if if you if you're wanting to hear that thought process, you're not going to get it from me. And and again, I, I think the majority of Tennessee fans understand that, that it wasn't a Rick Barnes problem like so many want to make it out to be. The shots just didn't fall. If I had to uh, pinpoint something that I didn't like what Rick did, it, it would be uh, the rotation in the post at times. I, I thought Folky was unplayable against Hunter Dickinson, and credit to Folky there the last couple of minutes of the game, his effort and and uh, his intensity led to some tips on, on rebounds and on the offensive end and allowed Tennessee to secure some of those plays. And uh, I, I want to say he made a bucket or two there late, but uh, I just – Folky and – Folky's not a good matchup with Hunter Dickinson. And I, I thought Rick needed to ride Urosh uh, for the remainder of the game. Yeah, you have to give Urosh a, a, a spell at some point. He, he, he can't play 18, 20 straight minutes, uh, especially when he's exerting so much energy – guarding such a difficult matchup, but I, I thought Urosh did the best that he could. It's just that from a personnel standpoint, Urosh's best isn't good enough against Hunter Dickinson. And I also didn't like that he didn't bring back Jonas Adu. Uh, I thought Adu gave some good minutes early on. And then you didn't even see him the remainder of the game, so I, I didn't really like that. I, I didn't really like that we didn't see Brandon the rest of the second half after um, Brandon knocked down some shots, two shots there early in the second half. So if I had to nitpick Barnes, that, that's what it would be. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen more jo- Jonas and more Brandon, a little less folky just because of the matchup. Uh, even Musa Diabate, I didn't think was a great matchup for, for folky either uh, just because of the athleticism and the quickness. But it is what it is. Tennessee just didn't hit shots. wasn't their day. I, I thought that was ultimately the reason that they lost on top of the post really hurting you for the first time in quite some time. Yeah, Folk didn't have his best game. I mean, the the the, the, the flails, the it's annoying. He didn't have his best day. I just I just leave it at that. Um, I think I thought Uros was the best cover on Dickerson. Just Tennessee's best cover. Um, he's the only one that's that wasn't getting pushed around in the paint. 
for my post players. I thought Adu gave us some really good minutes, but uh, I don't really have any criticism towards towards Rick. Tennessee did a good job of um, getting open shots, running the offense. I don't think fatigue was a factor. I mean, my goodness, you, you've been playing since November. Our guys are in shape. It's not SEC tournament when you're playing four games in a row. We played one game and didn't even play the full game because we beat them so bad. I don't think fatigue was was the problem. You had Eli Brooks, who the last time I saw a running hook shot like that was when I was when I was seven. The last time, and that's when Magic Johnson did a running hook shot when he played for the Lakers. Like an unbelievable shot. Um, this is good defense. Just an unbelievable shot. Lucky shot. Hunter, Hunter Dickinson, 27 points. No one can guard him. Eight for 13 from the field. He was on, he was unguardable. Uros was the best guy that, that could cover him, but he couldn't even cover him. I mean, we make a basket on our end and we, we gestured that Hunter Dickinson too small. And then on the other end, we give up an one. I mean, he he torched us at 27 points. And um, the two things that concerned us with this basketball team a month and a half ago and prior to that was post-play and shooting the basketball. And they are linked to each other because what if you don't? make shots on the outside. You got to be able to go inside and get a bucket with someone that you you can throw the ball into and create some damage in the paint. And we just, we just didn't have enough of that on Saturday. It's really, really simple. And I, Rick Barnes didn't, he didn't make any, he didn't make any shots. He didn't shoot any shots. <laughs> I, I, like this ain't the show for you. If you want to blame Rick Barnes for everything, I'm just going to say that right now. This ain't the show for you. I'm not going to get on here and talk about how Rick Barnes didn't do this and Rick Barnes didn't do that. At the end of the day, it's about guys making shots. And I think what you said about the nitpicking is fair. It's fair when you look back at it in hindsight. But in that moment, we had wide open looks. We had wide open looks. We shot the ball well from the free throw line. Hard to win when you only make two threes in, 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 a, in a basketball game. And finished, what, two for 20? What was the final number on the threes? Two for 24? Two for 18. Two for 18. So it's hard to win basketball games in today's era, shooting basketball like that from the perimeter. And I, I think the other thing is Michigan played really well. And, and it wasn't that ten, Tennessee was just playing poorly, and that's why Michigan was playing well. I, I thought it was a really high-level, competitive basketball game. Mm-hmm. And a, a I know this is going to sound crazy, but a Final Four Elite Eight-level basketball game. That was the Michigan team that was predicted to, to really make a run this season that was top 10 in the country in the preseason AP poll. They have so much talent on that roster, and it's been inconsistent all season long. And it finally came together for Michigan on Saturday against Tennessee. And uh, I don't I don't really think that it was a result of Tennessee just playing poorly. 
obviously there are going to be things that Tennessee did not do to contribute to Michigan playing well. But I thought for the most part, it was just a really good competitive basketball game with with two really good teams going at it. And maybe I shouldn't be bringing it up on a Monday right after the loss. Maybe this is for a week out of it or, or whatever, a week after the, the game. But that's where Tennessee being a three seed hurt Tennessee because they did run into Michigan, a, a talented Michigan team who should have never been an 11 seed in the first place if Tennessee's a two seed as they should have been, they avoid Michigan. And I realized that Michigan went 17 and 14. Don't really have any idea how Michigan went 17 and 14. Sounds like COVID impacted them earlier in the season, had some guys out and it it really made life hard on them from that point on to get a sense of consistency going. But I think that's the other thing that, that played into it. And we talked about, Good luck, bad luck in the NCAA tournament and needing luck to be on your side for, for several weeks going into March. And it's just kind of bad luck that you caught a, a very talented Michigan team in the second round. And they they played their best game of the year. And again, I, I truly believe that it wasn't necessarily because Tennessee just allowed them to play their best game of the year. They had all of their talent on their roster to come together at the perfect time. Yep. It just kind of is what it is. Yep, that was hurts. a high-level college basketball game in the NCAA tournament. And unfortunately for Tennessee, it came in the round of 32 when it probably should have been Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. Yep. Like, yep. it would not surprise me at all if Michigan goes on to the Final Four or, or the Elite Eight. They, they played really well uh, on Saturday against Tennessee. It wouldn't surprise me at all either, man. 865-255-03, uh, Tennessee – Accomplish something that uh, a Tennessee team has not accomplished in 43 years. That's winning the SEC tournament title. So they did that. Um, but the postseason goals after the SEC, no, we're not met. We're not met. So it was a really good season. And that's as far as I'll, I'll go. It was a really good season. It was a really good season. And... These players have an opportunity to come back better and stronger, and they're already together. We see that it matters. It matters to a guy like Kenny Chandler, who's an instant millionaire. He's an instant millionaire. He's going to make three or four billion dollars a year, easy. But it hurt. It hurts. And I appreciate Kenny Chandler for for giving us all. That's all we ask of our athletes to do is to give their all for Tennessee, and Kenny Chandler did that. Chef Chandler did that. So thank you, Kennedy. Thank you for giving everything that you had every single day. Thank you for coming to the University of Tennessee. Thank you. Thank you. 865-255-03. We'll take our first break of the day. Hour one is brought to you by Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Be right back. If you want to be part of the show, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Hello? Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. 
Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of each day's Swain Event TV, subscribe to the Swain Event channel on YouTube. Get to the Irish Networks Hotline. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center Studio. Hour one is brought to you by Healer Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Let's get to Dave Tona. Dave Tona, good morning. Hey guys. Good morning, Dave. Hey, I just want to uh, I want to comment on the basketball thing, and I want to uh, thank whatever listeners have had me in their thoughts and prayers. I lost my uncle Tuesday. Had to put Steeler down on Thursday, so it's been it's been tough. Uh, we're going to get through it. The only thing we can do, right? That's right. Uh, okay, about the basketball game. Uh, sure, I would have liked to have seen us go a little bit further. 
And I'm going to tell you what, Michigan, Michigan's not a pushover by no, by no means, by no means. I don't think we, uh, I don't think we took the game lightly, but I don't think that we knew that they could play that well. Uh, I felt bad for, for Scobie, man. He was getting screened all the time. And I'm talking about, he was taking some chunk of hits running into a brick wall. And I, I think he, he showed as much of a better defensive player that he has become. I think he showed he's still a step or two slow to watch a quick guard. But uh, that dude Dickinson, man, let's give him some money and bring him down this way. Good Lord, that boy has a soft touch. He's smooth. He's smooth. He got a punchable face, but he's smooth. <laughs> uh, so just looking at it this way, okay, we we've, we've got to get we've got to get a solid, I mean really solid big man. Uh, that kid from Illinois. Coburn. This kid from yeah, this kid from Michigan. I really like that kid from Illinois. Uh, <laughs> the kid from Michigan, and I hate to say the Kentucky kid, man, those those are those are the three best big men in in, in the nation. So you want, you want to get a couple big men like like those guys? I mean, those guys are not in the portal, so. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but but uh, I know that we're 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 going to get better. Uh, our big guy has showed great improvement. But, uh, you know, his gestures, too small, too small, and then <laughs> you get it thrown right back in your face the next play. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I was like, dude, stop. You're too much. <laughs> but uh, And I know Brandon Huntley Hatfield and, and uh, I'm sorry, what's the other guy's name? Jonas Adu. Yeah. I think, you know, we're going to be pretty good underneath, but we need, we need that size and that muscle. Those three guys that I just mentioned, they're solid. Solid players and solid frames. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like who we have, um, Daytona. And, and I'm not saying you don't look and add someone to the roster in the post that you feel like will be uh, a quality addition, but – we got to think about Brandon Huntley Hatfield. He's supposed to be a senior in high school, and he just went through one season of college basketball. He's probably going to improve more than anybody else on this team if he takes the offseason seriously because your most improvement comes from your first year to your second year. So he has the body. Uh, he, he he gains some more confidence. He sharpens his act some in some different areas. Brandon Huntley Hatfield can be that for Tennessee. Uh, you, you pair him with Jonas to do, you get you another another big man, and got Olivier coming back. Like you got some offensive skilled players coming back. You just gotta get stronger and mentally tougher and and, and just be um a straight pit bull down in the paint. Uh, guard play is is going to be a question. Uh, not because it's not gonna be good, but you don't know how BJ Edwards is gonna come in and how he's going to adapt. 
Zakai Ziegler is special. Yes, Zakai will be your starting point guard. And hopefully people do not have expectations for B.J. Edwards like they did Kennedy Chandler. B.J. Edwards is not coming in as the prospect that Kennedy Chandler came in as. I, I, I think he's going to be really good for Tennessee, and I think he will play as a true freshman. But, again, I hope people don't have expectations that he's going to come in and do what Kennedy Chandler did because he's not. He's not Kennedy Chandler, yeah. So, you know, point guard and backup point guard, you know, um, that's, that's going to be a – question um, we still got to be able to shoot the ball from the outside Viscovi technically could go play pro ball overseas but uh, we'll see what he wants to do but this team has the culture in place you, you, it hurts it hurts it hurts it hurts losing and I'm not saying that you know Jabari Smith don't care it didn't look like he cared but it didn't look like it. no <laughs> He, he, it didn't look like it. He, because he knew he's about to get paid. The difference between him and Kennedy. Yeah, and, and look, Kennedy knows he's about to get paid too. N- not number one overall pick in the NBA paid, but Kennedy's still gonna get a nice chunk of coin. And th- there was quite the difference on the face of Jabari Smith compared to Kennedy Chandler. Mm-hmm. Th- there were much different emotions between the two. And and look, we don't know Jabari Smith personally. Maybe that's his personality. Maybe. Uh, so don't don't want to read too much into it, but just what the body language showed on television, much different than Kennedy Chandler's body language. So uh, I I'm I was really frustrated Saturday, just with the loss. But man, what what a what a season and what a run Tennessee made, and that that's why it was so frustrating because this team became so likable with the way that they were playing. The cast of characters, all great young men and people to root for, and you just want them to have success. And I talked about it several times. I, I just wanted them to win just to avoid all the, the the negative talk that was going to happen if if they didn't make it to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. I, I knew that if Tennessee lost again, Rick was Rick was going to catch Stray bullets uh, again. And, look, he's starting to, to catch those strays from the Dan Wilkins of the world, saying that Rick Barnes every March puts on a, a rainbow-colored wig and a, and a red clown nose, dresses up as a clown every March. And I, I understand that Rick, throughout his career, uh, has, has struggled at times in the NCAA tournament. But I, I just don't understand how you can watch – Saturday's game against Michigan and and think that that was because Rick Barnes choked in the NCAA tournament that Tennessee lost because Rick Barnes did a poor coaching job if if you want to watch a team lose earlier than they should because of a poor coaching job I hope you tuned into Miami and Auburn last Mm. night because I saw a 99 year old man on the sideline of of Miami coaching circles around Bruce Pearl that that's what it looks like when a coach isn't putting his team in a in a good situation to win. Tennessee was put in a good situation to win. The shots just did not fall. And not saying that Rick Barnes is completely excluded from criticism. He obviously deserves criticism. He's the head coach. His team lost earlier than it should, but that shouldn't be the first thing that's brought up. 
And, and you really have to nitpick that particular game to to pinpoint Rick as an issue. The shots didn't fall. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. If 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 the shots fell that Tennessee had made the last two months of the season, Tennessee wins that game by double digits, and we're sitting here talking about uh, a matchup with Villanova in the Sweet 16, a potential matchup with, with Arizona in the Elite Eight. I'm getting ready to fly to San Antonio tomorrow, and nobody's saying a lick about Rick Barnes. And the only difference was that Tennessee missed open shots that it did the last that that it made for the last two months of the season. Yeah, it's just lazy. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, twenty-seven points today, or last game, excuse me, had twenty-one against Colorado State. Uh, he had fifteen against Indiana, twenty-one against Iowa in the Big Ten second round. He had thirty-three against Michigan State. He's been doing. He's been doing this all game. I mean, all season. All season, 28 against Purdue early in the season. I mean, Purdue was ranked fourth in the country. Had 25 against Michigan State, but Michigan State was 10th. I mean, the dude was doing this all season. And he was a true freshman last year. And where he came from as a freshman last year to right now, I won't say it's night and day, but man, he was... He had a lot of potential last year, but goodness gracious, he has come into his own in the second year. And I expect Brandon Henley Hatfield to do the same. I expect Jonas Adu to do the same. So um it's okay to 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 to, to watch basketball and like basketball because Tennessee is, is doing well. But don't be lazy. Don't look at what somebody else is saying and then take their uneducated opinion as your own just because they're saying, oh, it's Rick Barnes. It's, he's part of the team. He's a coach of the team. Everyone deserves criticism. But to pin this on Rick Barnes is incredible lazy. Is incredibly lazy. And don't be the person who was like, I should have known better to get my hopes up. I shouldn't have got my hopes up. Because I was going to be disappointed. I should have known better. I feel stupid for getting my hopes up. Well, if that's the case, don't watch sports. Don't be a sports fan. Because part of being a sports fan is the emotional roller coaster that your team will put you on. Don't be a sports fan if you're afraid of being let down because you have to make yourself vulnerable to truly, truly, truly understand and feel the joy when your team does win. But if you never allow yourself to open up, you'll never enjoy the ride. You'll never enjoy the ride. If you always are like, I'm not letting myself get emotionally involved. Well, if your team wins the whole deal, you're emotionally unavailable. You're unavailable. You're truly not able to enjoy the win because you've closed yourself off for the entire process. Being a sports fan is not for you. Being in a relationship is not for you. You might be in a relationship, but you sure are cheating your partner. You sure are cheating yourself. 
You have to make yourself vulnerable. Period. You have to open yourself up to receive the relationships that you have in your life, to receive blessings. That's the way it works. Don't be that person who's like, I should have known better. This team won the SEC tournament for the first time in 43 years. Look around the country. Look at the bracket. Look at the bracket. Like, look at the bracket. You have to be perfect in March Madness. You have to be dang near perfect in March Madness. And have luck on your side. And have luck on your side. To advance as far as the Final Four or advance at all. It's a single elimination tournament. It's tough. But I'm going to, if, if, if the team I root for, the players on that team, if they're giving me their all and they're playing on selfish, I'm going to give it back to them. I'm going to give them my all. And if they lose, I'm going to be hurt. But I'll tell you one thing. I was at that Auburn game as a fan. I wasn't there going, man, I'm I'm not going to get my hopes up because if we lose, then it won't hurt as much. It won't hurt as much if we lose. No, I was there. I made myself available emotionally because that win, it felt so good to sit there and watch our players celebrate with our fans. It felt so good. Like, I felt it in my bones the energy inside of that building and the happiness on that sideline and all the hard work those players put into it. But if I was went to the game and was like, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just here. I wouldn't have been able to really enjoy that win. There's no way I would have. And nobody hurts more than those players in that locker room. Nobody. The coaches, they'll be able to coach another team next year. Rick Barnes has been coaching for, I think he's been coaching for 87 years. He'll coach for his 88th year next year. Each team is special. I know this is a special team to Rick Barnes, but he's going to coach next year. If you are a senior and you lose in the NCAA tournament, it's over. It's over forever. You, You will never play college basketball again. So nobody hurts more than the players. Not a fan, not, not, not a coach. Nobody hurts more than a player because they put that work in. They did everything that they were asked to do. They gave their mind, their body, their soul, their everything. Played hurt. So just, just don't even be a sports fan if you're not going to allow yourself to be on the ride. Be on the ride. That's what being a sports fan is all about. Let's go to the phones. We've got Aaron. Aaron, good morning. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Aaron? How you doing, man? All right. Hey, I'm probably just like everybody else. I uh, I turned off TV yesterday. I couldn't even watch basketball. So <laughs> so hurt. But uh, I feel you. Um, hey, can you uh, can you talk about um, how we look at point guard and guard play for next year? Con- considering uh, Kennedy, he he needs to go. Right. That's that's there's there's big money for him mm-hmm. downstream. 
uh, how does our how does our um, our point guard our guard play from the guys that are actually on the roster now? I think we've got somebody from France. How has this development been? Have you heard? And then considering additional uh, prospects out there, because I think that's going to be really key for next year. Because I, th- I think the big guys will develop. It will be okay there, considering we've got a, a high schooler playing now and a, and another guy that's on one leg basically. Uh, so, can you give me your thoughts on on uh, guard play and prospects? For sure, Aaron, for sure. I think, man, the guy I'm looking at right now is number 24. He got to step it up. Like, he has to step forward next year. Man, I'm talking about Justin Powell. Justin Powell had more production as a freshman at Auburn than he did this year. And really, he this was his freshman year. This was really his freshman year. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me I'm not blaming Rick Barnes for this, that he was a non-factor late in the season. He possesses too many skills. He's 6'6". He can handle it. He can shoot it. He's going to have to regain that confidence, get out of his head during this offseason, and be the basketball player that he knows he can be, people around him knows he can be, He's going to be counting on. He has to step forward. You give Viscovi back, Viscovi back. If he decides to come back and not go pro, you got Javon Meshack, who is super athletic, but mentally was a little unsure of herself. He's take care, take care of the basketball. Uh, I think this offseason is going to be monumental for him, regaining those those. Regaining that confidence, working on ball handling, shooting the basketball. He's the guard version of E. Pons to me. Very athletic. You see where he can be with more development. But he's no E. Pons. He's not, you know, he's he's not going to be playing in the post or guard and post players. He's 6'4 guards. He'll be playing on the perimeter. But um, Victor Bailey is a senior this year. He could come back from a COVID year he could come back for his COVID year his free year of eligibility but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if you see Victor Bailey Jr. link up with a former Tennessee assistant who he had a great relationship with so we talking about Swartz or we talking about um Kim English Kim English I I would not at all be surprised to see Victor Bailey Jr. uh, end up with with Devontae Gaines and and Kim English next year. In fact, I would I would be surprised if he was back at Tennessee next year. So I I was going to get to this point um, a, a couple of minutes ago. Hold on, hold on, guards. Is it, is it about the guards? Yes. Okay. Um, before I went on my little tangent, uh, I'm I'm hopeful for next year because I, I think the roster should come together well, as Aaron pointed out. Uh, during his phone call, and I think it starts with the guards. You you have Zakai Ziegler coming back, and he's going to be a really, really, really good starting point guard for you. He's going to be one of the be- better starting point guards in the SEC, and I, I think in the country for you. You'll you'll need to address backup point guard. I don't know how Tennessee feels about relying on B.J. Edwards uh, solely to to fill that role. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if they added a a transfer like they did several years ago at the beginning of, 
of the Rick Barnes era with James Daniels. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I think it might be smart to to add a James Daniels. Um, yep. As a matter of fact, just because you don't put that pressure on B.J. Edwards to come in and have to be ready to play from day one. So I, 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 I like where point guard will be. But I do think that Zakai does need to take a step. He has not had a good last two or three weeks to the season since since the Georgia game uh, and the situation he was dealing with with his family. Uh, he he has not really played all that great basketball. He he's hit big shots here and there. And I'm not saying that what happened with his family was the reason he played poorly. I think it was the knee that he's been dealing with the last several weeks that really hampered his play because the last couple of weeks he's been turning the basketball over unlike he was doing pre-dealing with knee injury. But I, I do think Zakai will take a step and be one of the better point guards. And then off the ball, like, you should be pretty set with, with Santi and Josiah, theoretically, coming back. I would expect Justin Powell to take a step forward over the offseason. I would be surprised if Justin Powell did not take a step forward over the offseason. Uh, so they, they've got to go out and get a transfer guard, whether that's a, a true point guard, whether that's a, a combo guard that can do either, or, or even if it's a guy that strictly plays off the ball. And I, I think that they will be very aggressive in the portal trying to add a guard. Justin Edwards is the five-star from Philadelphia. I think he's really going to be in the mix. Uh, I think Tennessee's really going to be in the mix there for Justin Edwards uh, long-term. We'll see if they can, they can pull that one off. Uh, but even he's going to be a true freshman. And just because he's a five-star doesn't mean that he's going to be successful when he gets to campus. Look at Brandon Huntley-Hatfield and, and Jonas Adu uh, from the jump. So I, I like where Tennessee is at the guard position going into the offseason. And I do also realize that there needs to be some tweaks made, additions made, maybe not tweaks, but just additions because you do lose uh, as a, uh, a Kennedy Chandler. Yeah, uh, Quentin DeBunge – is a six five guard. Um, he has a nice stroke. Yes, he he has a nice stroke. So, I I I feel like he should make a a step. I think Rick Barnes. If I'm Rick Barnes, I'm looking at adding two players in the portal: one guard, one at a combo guard, and one player in the post. I, I think it's unfair to expect B.J. Edwards to come in and just like be the guy as a backup point guard and. You know, I love me some Zakai, but Zakai's short. What happens when a team says, all right, here, let's let's go put Zakai in, let's go put our point guard in the post, and you can't stop it. You need to be able to have some options. Not saying that you don't play Zakai, and he's not good because he's short. I'm saying you need to have different tools in the toolbox. Well, and Zakai also, at times, struggled when getting to the rim yeah. and, and getting into the paint uh, because of that size. Kennedy was the only one that can get to the paint and finish consistently. Like, like Josiah can, can finish because he's strong, but Kennedy was the only one from start to finish of the season to who, who did it consistently. So I think we need someone that can get to the rim, get to the paint and finish with or without contact. Zakai did it at times, but yeah, like you mentioned, I mean, that was, you know, height was an issue. So you just need to, again, just add different tools to the toolbox to achieve the ultimate overall goal, which is to win as many games as possible. So, uh, so you want to have 
guys who can shoot the ball. You want to have guys who are able to play point guard and off guard. Um, Tennessee found themselves in really good situations late in games because you had like four point guards on the on the court at times. So you did have four point guards yeah. when they went to the Josiah, Santi, yeah. Zakai, and Kennedy. And and the great thing is Tennessee should be very very attractive to prospects this offseason and transferring to Tennessee, signing with Tennessee. I mentioned Justin Edwards, the five-star shooting guard, I guess you could say, from Philadelphia. Rob Lewis reported on VolQuest yesterday that Tennessee is going to be heavily in the mix for LSU or former LSU commit Julian Phillips, who is a five-star wing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if, if you go out, you add Justin Edwards, Julian Phillips, uh, a transfer post, a transfer guard, uh, with Josiah and Santi coming back. And I, I know it sounds weird, but I, I kind of feel good about Tennessee's post play going into next year because I'm assuming, and this is under the assumption that Jonas Adu and Brandon Huntley Hatfield take a step forward. I, I expect them to be really good players for Tennessee next year. I really do. And that will be in addition to Urosh playing a nice role in the post and Olivia Kamwa being back from injury. I mean, that that four right there, again, assuming that Jonas and Brandon make the jumps that you think that they will, that is a, a really good foursome of, of post players. And then you potentially add one as well. So I know it sounds weird for me to say two days after the season ends because post play was an issue for Tennessee throughout the year and contributed heavily in the loss that ended the season. But I, I feel good about the post going into next year, or at least the pieces that you have in order to, to make something work, as long as those guys get developed the way that we think that they will. I mean, Brandon Huntley Hatfield should be a problem for folks next year. Jonas Adu should be a problem for folks next mm-hmm. year. And, and look, Urosh got better too. Urosh, although he had his moments against Hunter Dickinson, he held his own. He did. Uh, he, he, he was the I, best cover. Yeah. I, and look, I thought Urosh played well. And his role should be the, the first post player off the bench or so. You, you don't want him to be your starting guy. But if, if he's coming in and playing 20 or so minutes off the bench, like he can excel in that role. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for, for next season. When you look at the guard and, and the potential pieces that you can piece together and, and the post players that you can piece together in addition to making additions, I'm, I'm really hopeful for what next year's team could look like. 865-255-03. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Tremel. Tremel, good morning. Well, that was cold. That was, that was my take. I mean, that was, that was basically my take. If you look at one of my uh, my message earlier, I was asking about I asked y'all about uh, Euros. And I was like, I don't think Dickerson was more athletic. I just think he was more skilled. And then I asked y'all the question. I was like, in his offseason, y'all, do y'all think Euros can pick up some of that, some of his game a little bit more because he's going to be here for what? And I think I said like two, three more years. Two. You know what I'm saying? And he looked good, man. Like, I mean, comparing, not you know, not to compare him to Dickerson, but I mean, just where he come from, where we was basically talking to him about, a, a, talking about him being a cheerleader to what Rick Barnes has done with him now. You know what I'm saying? Just imagine what he going to do with the other full post players. Like, I was, like, that was my whole take was, like, we're going to become big like bigger in the post next year. Like, I mean, I think, and I think <clears throat> what he did 
with uh with Santi is the same thing I think he hopefully will happen with Justin Powell because like you said, the coach down in Miami ran circles around Bruce Pearl. I yep. believe we do have a real coach. And I think that was a shock it in itself for uh Powell coming here. You know what I'm saying? Like he was just running around shooting the ball like he was in high school when he was in Auburn, but you come here, it's structure, it's team, like you you have to know some stuff like and they probably shocked him a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I mean you know what I'm saying? So I think we're gonna be all right, man. I'm with you being I mean it's uh losing that man, like and I you know, when you was talking about what you was talking about earlier, Swain, about uh not being the fan, I was like, What about for us the uh what about us other people that's just been in the whole go our whole our whole heart in this thing, been in this thing, you know what I'm saying? And like whew, like that game that game the other night was just like Shh. It's part hey, of it. Can we, Jamal, it's part of it. It's part of it. I mean, I know. Yeah, it's part I of know, it. Like, I mean, like we as players, I mean, as players, we put our, our hearts in it every single day. I know. Yeah, I know that. I know. You know, I know. I mean, you know, what I'm saying. I'm just saying. It's just, whew, it's just so much weight, dog. Like, like we got heartbreak after heartbreak. All the way back to the to the LSU game in the SEC championship game for me. Jamal, you know one saying? team like, wins the championship. There's only one team that wins the championship. Everybody's gonna experience heartbreak. You know, I know this. That's why I said it. That's why I was thinking this year was a really great season. I mean, it sucked. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I honestly, our ceiling for, you know, for where we've been at Tennessee, fans of basketball, is what, this, the Elite Eight? We've been to the Elite Eight once? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it ain't even like, you know, you know, we just have becoming a so-called blood. And I, and I think we're really taking that form. Uh, as, as far as the basketball goes, but I mean it hurt. It hurt. I had to. I had to get over and like calm down and then just realize like what I what I told y'all about now. The post players, Justin Powell coming back. Hopefully he having like a Santi uh, off season. You know what I'm saying? And bringing in some guys that you know it's gonna look attractive. You're gonna come here and get coached hard. You're gonna, you're gonna see. Uh, you're gonna see. You're gonna see. Bro, go to the NBA. Get probably drafted higher than most of all Rick Barnes players. Uh, other than uh, Kevin Durant, uh, I, I could see it because I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it, like y'all said, it's it's kind of more SEC championship, and then he had seven assists in the first, first <laughs> like eight minutes of the game. I was like, dude, what are you doing out here, bro? He was the chef. He was really the chef. I thought he's gonna finish with a double double. He had nine <laughs> assists with like 10, 15 minutes <laughs> left. I seen that when he had. I said, bro, he got because I was you know so emotionally invested. I didn't. Watching the games, and they showed his stats at the bottom. I was like, no, that brother's out there dishing. I was like, yeah, he is. Uh, you know, driving to the basket and facilitating and then dishing it off is how he got most of his assists. Beautiful, it was beautiful. But yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm with you, Ben. I think the season next year is going to be pretty pretty bright for us in basketball. Uh, I guess we on the baseball, and it looked like Tony ain't playing out there. Nope, <laughs> he he is not playing. And uh, appreciate phone call, Tremel. Hope you have a Great week, my friend. Tennessee baseball starts starts off uh, SEC play on the right foot. Outscored Carolina twenty five to or twenty three to five over the weekend. Dominate them yesterday ten nothing. Struck them out thirty times. Hit ten home runs. But it, it gets real real fast now. You go to number one Ole Miss this weekend. Next weekend you go to number four Vanderbilt. Be a fun two weeks of uh, Tennessee baseball. 
on the baseball season. And uh, spring football starts tomorrow. Spring football practice. They, uh, they practice tomorrow, Thursday, and Saturday. So Tennessee football will be on the practice field this week. Media availabilities throughout the week. I believe uh, Josh Heupel is talking to the media after tomorrow's practice. I believe coordinators are, are talking later in the week. Players will be talking. So on to football and on to baseball. That's right. Baseball. Hey, you want a championship? Baseball is going to be your best bet. Ten- Tennessee baseball can win a national championship this year. I'm not saying that they will, but in my opinion, Tennessee – Ole Miss, Vanderbilt are the three best baseball teams in the country right now. And funny enough, Tennessee, it'll be Tennessee Ole Miss this weekend and then Tennessee Vanderbilt next weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Tennessee has the ingredients to win a natty. This year's team, we'll see how it all plays out. We're through one weekend of conference play. We'll, we'll learn even more about this team the next two weeks. But I, I think that this team's better than last year's team. Just from a depth standpoint, I think that's the, the biggest difference. Without... Tidwell right now. Without Tidwell, <laughs> without Blake Tidwell, and without Seth Halverson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and, be- and you've got some talented bats who haven't really got going yet either, on top of the bats that are going. Yep. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. 865-255-03. Hour two is coming up. Stick around.